Welcome to episode 14 of Mortgageonomics. I'm your host, Marco Gello. podcast uh hope you enjoyed that little ditty there um what you just heard was a a song a uh that that features seven eight time signature a seven eight time signature groove um with a bit more chord progressions than you would typically expect from a song um eight eight chords to be precise um ranging from minors majors sevenths and uh some others i have no idea uh, how I would classify them. I'm I'm not a schooled note reader. Um, yeah, I'm I'm more more uh, just ears identified by ear. And a famous tune that you'll recognize that'll familiar familiarize you with this time signature. Can anyone guess what it is? If you guessed Tom Sawyer by Rush, you are absolutely correct. So yeah, seven eights. If you're a musician, uh, it, it's it's such a fun key signature to play. Um, but it's, it's, it's on the other side, it's, uh, quite hilarious watching people attempt to dance to a seven, eight time signature. So yeah, most of the, the music on the radio today is a four, four time signature. So one, two, three, four, two, two, three, just a nice steady B, right? But seven, eight gets, gets kind of weird. It's more like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, three, two, right? So it's a very, it's an odd number of beats and it's kind of syncopated. Um, so yeah, like I said, fun to play, not so fun to, to dance. Um, so let's move on here. Uh, in this episode, I want to focus on government, uh, particularly Canadian government, home financing purchase mortgages. Uh, especially important and mostly pertaining to first-time home buyers, but also for repeat buyers. For example, many people think that 5% down payment is for first-time buyers only, uh, and this is false, totally false. The 5% down payment is also permitted for repeat home buyers. So as long as you have discharged or sold your existing principal residence, and by principal residence, I mean the place you live and reside in, your primary residence. Uh, as long as you have discharged of your existing principal residence, you can then purchase your next principal residence again, and you can again do so with a 5% down payment. Now, typically, 
you know, people, if they've owned a house already and they're selling it and they're upgrading or downsizing, typically um, they're going to do more than 5%. But in the event uh, you only have 5%, you can certainly do so. Now, remember, you can only have one principal residence. Okay, so one place you can truly call your home. So to add to the 5% down payment criteria, a couple or a few years ago, Canada's Department of Finance decided to up the ante on down payment. Okay, so, so they maintained the minimum down payment of 5%, but they in- introduced a new threshold. So 5% down on your principal residence to a purchase price up to $500,000. Then it jumps to 10% on the amount that exceeds 500000 Okay, so... For example, um, a $600,000 purchase, your minimum down payment would be $35,000. Okay, so 5% of the first 500 and 10% of the balance, 100. And that equals to uh, 35. So finally, this is only relevant um, or applicable to homes under 1 million. Okay, so this, this 5% down and 10% on the balance, only relevant. Um, and applicable to homes under one million. Once you hit that million dollar mark, the minimum down payment rockets to twenty percent. Okay. Um, but what if what if you want to buy your first rental property, or or can you still qualify for a mortgage with five percent down if you're a self-employed? Get a lot of people asking me that. Um, or how about as well if you're new to Canada, like a permanent or non-permanent residents. Um, so let's talk about those scenarios. So the first one, rental property purchase. Um, not going to go deep into this, uh, not in this episode anyways, but the starting point to purchasing a rental property is 20% down payment. And another thing to be aware of is this uh, perception or assumption that every dollar earned from a monthly rental income washes out the corresponding mortgage of that same property like dollar for dollar. So I really wish this was the case because it would make my job of underwriting very easy and it would approve a lot more deals, but it isn't, right? Um, What you basically need to understand or expect is that the amount of rental income you can actually use towards qualifying for that same mortgage uh, ranges anywhere from 50 to 80%. And once you determine the amount of rental income you can use, um, you then apply to your qualification in one of two ways, and of course in varying degrees, either applying it directly towards your overall income or as an offset towards your overall debt load. So to recap on that, what I'm saying is that let's say your your mortgage, you're you're trying to buy a rental property and the mortgage on that rental property is gonna be, let's say $1,800. Uh, but for that same rental property, your um, market value dictates your your rent is going to be, you know, the income you're going to generate from rent is going to be $2,000 per month. So what did I say for the mortgage? Let's say the mortgage was $1,800 a month and the rent that you can generate is $2,000. So most people are going to conclude, okay, so I'm plus $200, right? We can wipe off that mortgage. Uh, obviously it's being paid for by the tenant and so on. Yeah, that's typically how people uh, conclude, you know, when we're doing the pre-approval, but that's not the case. So what I'm saying is um, you're able to use only of that $2,000 rental income, you're only to use anywhere from, let's say, $1,000 
of it, 50% of it, all the way up to 80%, um, uh, you know, $1,600. So not as common sense as you might think, think and um, as well, you know, do you use 1,000 or, or uh, 1,800, uh, sorry, 1,600? Um, how do you apply that to your income, directly to your income, or is it this strange offset thing that lenders have? Okay, so um, long story short, you know, if, if you do have a, a rental um, portfolio or an application you want to discuss, just get in touch with me and, and we'll, uh, uh, we'll spend more time on that and make it very easy for you to understand. So yeah, you can look forward to that uh, in the not so distant future. We'll have a, a podcast, an episode dedicated solely to uh, rental rental purchasing. Um, next point, self-employed purchase. So this one is a little tricky. If you actually use your declared income to qualify, and this would be line 150 of your notice of assessment and a two-year average of that, uh, then you can qualify with 5% down payment. But what if you're, you know, you fall into that successful self-employed applicant profile um, but on paper you declare a very low income right and this happens often let's say you're in the construction business and you frame houses so you're really busy you got lots of work going on you're doing well so over the course of the year you accumulated about ninety thousand dollars worth of work or income Okay, so 90000 has come into your bank account, your business bank account over the course of the year. So you know if you leave that money inside your business, you'll, pay a, you'll be in a much more favorable tax bracket than if you withdrew it from your business and claimed it as personal income. So Mr. Construction Guy made $90,000 for, for the entire year, but only withdrew 50000 throughout the course of the year as personal income. Okay. And, uh, you know, whatever, living expenses. So for argument's sake, I'm just going to use round numbers. Let's assume that he took out $50,000 through the course of the year, personal income, and he wrote off, let's say, another $10,000 in the business. Okay, so that's $90,000 minus $60,000. And he left the balance, $30,000, in his business bank account. So that would be his profit or his retained earnings. And this $30,000 remains in his business account where he will pay less tax on it okay so um, on paper mr construction shows an annual income of fifty thousand but really you can say that he earned 80 okay because of that other 30. so this would be an application of stated income this program um, with quite a bit of documents that you'll require as well you know to confirm the 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 income that he declared and, and also the 30000 that's still in his bank account essentially allows the self-employed applicant to state an income of $80,000. Even though his notice of assessment, it will show 50000 Okay, So the minimum down payment for this program is 10%. Okay, So that's uh, the self-employed. So being self-employed, you could qualify with 5% down payment provided that you declare all the income that you're using for as qualifying income in a mortgage, or if you're not declaring all the income that you earn as a business owner, then you could be eligible for the stated income program. Okay. Uh, Next program is the second home or vacation program. Um, This guideline is a diamond in the rough, really cool product. Um, 
and applicable to many, but unfortunately not very publicized or solicited by many brokers and bankers. Under the second home or vacation property program, you can purchase another property in addition to your principal residence with a minimum down payment of 5%. And uh, an example of a second home application would be, let's say, a kid going away to college, um, you know, either in another city or in the same town. And instead of renting a dorm, you may opt for purchasing a home instead, right? So, or let's say you operate um, like a, you run a successful business, uh, you're downtown Calgary, but you live in Canmore, okay? You know, which is, uh, I think on a good traffic day, maybe 45 to 45 to 60 minutes west of Calgary, if you're coming from downtown. So for the weekday, work week, um, you can live in your downtown condo. Then come Friday afternoon, you lock up shop and boom, hit uh, hit number one there and uh, head out to Canmore. So um, neat little program. Uh, in, in that example, the you can purchase that condo downtown somewhere in the Beltline in Calgary and um, that could also be considered kind of like your principal residence but they call it second home and, and for that you can purchase with five percent down uh, next program purchase plus improvements mortgage um, another awesome program the purchase plus improvement mortgage tax on some extra cash for you to fund immediate renovation or home improvement cost um, when i say immediate i mean like you know when you put an offer on the house um, at that time, we're qualifying you for, you know, an extra twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 so you can do a renovation before you even set foot in the house. So you can do this with a minimum down payment of 5%. So let's say you purchase a house for $400,000 with a 5% down payment. So your mortgage would be $380,000, okay? But in addition to that, the lender advances you an extra 40000 to renovate the kitchen, the bathrooms and, and maybe install some hardwood flooring, however long 40,000 can go. Um, and this, this could work amazing. Like this is, uh, the, the results here are just fantastic than what I've seen with my clients as well. So this product allows you to zone in on those well-priced fixer upper type of properties. Um, or let's say you encounter a property you like, but it's lacking about $40,000 worth of your personal touch. So I've, I've done quite a few of these in the past couple of weeks. And had I not mentioned it to my clients, they would have never known. But uh, it's made a world of change uh, on that property that they did purchase. And um, yeah, and like I can, can't think of anyone who's been disappointed with the improvement they've done. Uh, all the feedback I get from, from my clients are like, wow, I'm so glad that the, this was available and that we did it. And the house is like a totally different house than when we made the offer on it so and forty thousand dollars on your mortgage um way cheaper and reasonable to service than forty thousand uh, dollars uh line of credit or an unsecured bank loan and uh it's substantial like on a mortgage that that forty thousand dollars would be an extra 200 you know maybe 190 or something 200 dollars a month uh on your mortgage versus if you had that 40000 and, and you access that by means of a line of credit or some sort of loan, your payment, your monthly payment could be as high as $1,200. It's like another mortgage. So massive difference. Uh, something, um, 
I believe, you know, people should strongly consider unless, you know, money's no object and you can search for the home of your dreams and there you go, you just buy the perfect property. But uh, yeah, if you're on a tight budget or, you know, looking to stretch that dollar to the maximum, this is a fantastic product. And yeah, as well, the better, it's the best way to increase the value of your property, like immediately, right, right as you step foot in it. So fantastic. Uh, another popular program for first-time homebuyers who are new to Canada, um, the CMHC Newcomer Program. Um, and I'm just referring to the CMHC program. So CMHC is an insurer, and there are two other insurers in Canada as well. One is called uh, Canada Guarantee, and the other one, um, GE. Uh, God, the name is escaping me. I'm just calling it GE for now. But uh, So if you are a new... Canadian citizen, like less than five years, um, a permanent resident or a non-permanent resident who is legally authorized to work in Canada, um, you are eligible to purchase a home with as little as 5% down. And for a duplex, it would be 10%. It would jump up to 10. And really, this program is pretty much the same as purchase guidelines available to all Canadians, except for this program, you might find a few more allowances for alternate sources of credit verification um, that a newcomer typically does lack. So for example, CMAC generally requires that you have two credit facilities with uh, minimal limits of $2,000 and a history of two years. Okay. And oftentimes, uh, you know, with uh, newcomers to Canada, they might only have say one credit card with a $2,000 limit for two years. So in this case, the uh, insurer and the lender, they, they may make an exception and uh, they definitely will under this program. And um, so in absence of that second credit card or credit facility, they might accept the letter from, let's say, your current landlord as a reference, you know, that you've been in good standing uh, with your lease payments or your rent payments uh, or even uh, cell phone bills. You know, cell phones are typically not reported in uh, great detail on your credit report. So yeah, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll ask, well, give us some sort of verification that you've been paying your cell phone for the last 12 to 18 months and so on. Okay, cool. And finally, there's uh, a couple of non, few non-mortgage programs uh, that I want to talk about as well for first-time buyers. Uh, the first one, the RSP Home Buyer Plan, this allows you to access your RSP funds um, not only access them, but access them tax-free um, as long as you're using it for a down payment for a home. And uh, it'll allow you to have access to these funds tax-free for a period of up to, uh, I think it's 14 or 15 years. I'm pretty sure it's 14 years. At which point you then have to return or repay those funds. Okay. So, uh, and if you don't, again, I feel terrible, but I'm recalling this from memory. If you don't, um, I think you, you're subject to taxation on that full amount or whatever is left if you haven't paid it back. So again, I'm recalling these points from memory. So if you're really interested in this uh, or need more info, info on it, just email me and, uh, or give me a call and we can uh, discuss the details. And by then, I promise I'll do my homework on this and I'll, I'll know the entire program. Another uh, non-mortgage but government program pertains to uh, GST rebates. And these are rebates that you could be eligible for on new construction homes 
or homes that have had substantial renovations. Um, and more recently, I learned, uh, with uh, all the forest fires going on, homes that have been rebuilt because they have been destroyed by fire. Okay, so thousands of dollars worth of savings could potentially be up for grabs here. Um, for more info, yeah, just send me an email, give me a call, or Google, Google GST housing rebate, and you'll find everything you need to know. Um, another non-mortgage program, property transfer taxes. So like the GST rebate, there are thousands of dollars in savings up for grabs here as well. Um, simply Google property transfer tax followed by the name of your province and boom, you'll be redirected to the precise requirements. Uh, and lastly, there is the first time home buyers tax credit. Uh, I don't know too much about this. This kind of came out of nowhere um, to me. And this allows you to claim a portion of your home purchase on your personal tax return in the year of your purchase. So, yeah, I, I'd have to research a little bit more on that one. But for more info, yeah, Google first time home buyers tax credit. And yeah, these programs are pretty unique and, and sometimes they go unnoticed because um, as a mortgage broker, we, we don't. Uh, yeah, we're not really trained on these programs. In fact, we're not. And neither is the lender. It's kind of these are rebates and uh, eligibility criteria that the, the you know the I guess the burden is is uh, the onus is on the the client to um, to register for these things. So yeah, not very well publicized or promoted. You know, it's not on TV commercials or anything. But um, yeah, look them up. So the RSP Home Buyer Plan, the GST rebates, property transfer taxes, and first time home buyers tax credit. There's uh, there's some good really solid like thousands of dollars of savings type of nuggets here uh, for first-time homebuyers so check that out all right well let's uh let's leave it here and uh call it a wrap for this episode um that concludes um yeah this episode of morganomics if you liked this episode please be so kind and leave us a review in your apple podcast space or whichever podcast medium you are listening from um, the reviews do go a long way and help us grow and improve the podcast. So thank you in advance. I really appreciate it. And of course, feel free to reach out to me if you'd like to discuss anything we talked about in greater detail uh, or any other mortgage-related matter. You can find me at homefinancingsolutions.ca um, or my other website, marcogello.com, marco with a K, G-E-L-O.com. Uh, and then I'm in Facebook as well. Just search my name, Marco Gello. Uh, you'll notice I have Vancouver and Calgary profiles, uh, spent most of my life in Calgary, uh, moved to Vancouver in 2011. And, uh, currently I, my business, my book of business is, is still, it's 50, 50 Calgary and Vancouver. So, um, I'm very well versed on both markets and, uh, do quite a bit of business in both provinces there. So, uh, look me up my phone number, uh, Vancouver, 604-800-9593. Calgary is 403-606-3751. Um, and I also want to encourage any mortgage professionals that might be listening in, please don't hesitate to reach out and discuss employment opportunities. Uh, we're always looking to take on more brokers, regardless of your level of experience. Um, our training and support systems are second to none. We teach people very quickly how to complete applications, uh, interpret uh, support documents, income documents from your, your potential clients, 
and we do the back end underwriting for you. So a uh, wonderful uh, process and method to introduce you into this industry of mortgage brokering. And uh, over time, uh, you learn the entire process and next thing you know it, you're submitting your own business and becoming a successful broker. Um, and finally, please don't hesitate to share and tell your friends about Mortgageonomics Canada. The more listeners, the better. So thanks again for your time. Talk to you later.